0: Welcome to the Your House, My House podcast.
1: Our goal is to create a safe space for conversation, like, like talking, talking to your, your best, best friends.
0: Friends that have your back, that are encouraging, and that challenge you to not only improve your life, but yourself. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the
1: Your House, My House podcast. I am Madison. I'm Priscilla. And I am just doing a quick... Um, is that a PSA? Public Service Announcement? No, yeah. that's not the right word. No, that a PSA. is a warning um, for our listeners. If you hear me sounding a bit stuffy, it's because I am a little bit stuffy. Um, cheers to seasonal fall allergies. So, all right. Um, For today's conversation, we are just going to continue the um, uh, down the path of Priscilla's story and um again, Priscilla, thank you for being brave and for sharing it mm-hmm. and for educating us all on all that you've gone through and what others out there may go through as well. So I'm going to pass my microphone over to you, my friend. And I look forward to hearing what you have to share today.
0: Okay. Um, first of all, I do want to say thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, thank you for being Hopefully, chill about it. Last week we didn't release a podcast. Um, I think Madison and me just have a lot going on in our life. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so a crazy season of life, we're right? Really, now. we're really committed to consistency, but we also um, know when we've had burnout. Um, so if you're if we're missing an, a week at some point, just know we're taking a breather. Yeah, um, and we're gonna be back. So. Thank you for tuning in. I'm excited to talk today. Um, I guess, Madison, because I do want to at some point take um, our listeners on a conversation about um, spiritual abuse. Like, that is the conversation that I want to have. And just kind of because we're exhausted right now, I don't know that that's a conversation that I can have tonight. So I would be open to like, maybe let's do more of like a Q&A. Um, and then we like kind of like a short Q&A, anything that you're interested in, um, you think that interests you in relation to b- abuse, I can share like my take on it. And then um, next week, Maybe we can take a little bit more time to talk a little more in depth about like spirituality and abuse.
1: I guess first and foremost, what was your first I- initial experience or just like experience in general? One that was the most profound to you um, with this conversation of spiritual ig- abuse?
0: Yeah, Um I feel like once we actually have the conversation, like my brain might be in more of a place to answer that. So I may have a different answer to this next week. Yeah. Um, I think um, kind of post like, cause I did talk about in the previous one uh, or like the second episode on this, I talked about um, women's response to my abuse Um, but like in a similar way the church has a response to abuse I feel that forgets like the justness or righteous anger of God and focuses solely on love and so I think not related so much to my family but where I really began to see this theme um, was around sexual abuse Um, in the church um, or men exhibiting predatory behavior towards women Um, on campus at NWTC there were um, within my Christian club there was a man who was like not only doing it to the Christian club but was doing it to multiple clubs at NWTC Um, and ultimately like it's not just the church although I had several conversations that really left me disappointed in the male leadership Um, but Also disappointed in NWTC, uh, but those are like individual people um, in relation to student involvement and Title IX. Um, But the conversation around, I think what happened in college, I really realized that this is not just family, but this is a theme that um, the church does when it comes to confronting men or women. Yeah. if women are sexual abusers because that can happen sometimes but predominantly men who are abusing power and women who come forward and are silenced um or kind of like dismissed and like this light-hearted brushed away well you should forgive and you shouldn't be bitter type attitude exactly so i think college was really an awakening for me in regards to spirituality and realizing that it's not just, um, family and domestic abuse that the church does this with.
1: Yeah. Right. There's all these added branches, um, that spring off to that. And, you know, as Christians, I love so little, little back, um, background knowledge, little back, back info, I was going to say, which made no sense. Um, that's- Priscilla that's- and I, yeah. Priscilla and I met, um, this past Saturday for us sat down for the first time in months had to have been months yeah I would think before spring. Um, and we, first of all, caught up with each other and we were, you know, hammering out ideas on what it was we wanted to talk about going forward, um, with our, I guess, second season of our podcast. And this was a topic, spiritual abuse this topic was one that we kind of talked, we we kind of chatted on for a bit. And it was one of those that like, you know, for me, you know, I hear about um, sexual abuse within the church. Um, you hear stories. Um, I can't say firsthandedly that I've ever had an experience, but like I've heard stories of it. Um, and I think as Christians, Um, you know, it's our job to portray, you know, get the message out there that, um, there is a, there is a line between, like you said, this all loving, um, whatever, um, because people obviously take that, um, to some form of extreme, um, and also God's discipline
0: yeah people don't want to sit and when I say people I can mean us I can mean anyone listening um certainly we can say this in like a broad culture but like certainly it's individuals my experience is it's often male individuals um but also females who are in leadership positions in churches um And just regular people, regular church members. We all are, if we're a Christian, we all are a church member. And so we are, in a sense, accountable for the conversations that we're having and the culture and community that we're creating. Um, Absolutely. And church members, in my experience, leadership likes to rush to the conclusion they really want to rush to forgiveness they want the victim to forgive Mm -hmm. um they don't want to sit in discomfort they don't want scandal um they don't want any of the things that might be icky but that i think are really important to growth because I don't believe you can rush forgiveness, and I don't believe reconciliation should happen in individuals' lives or within the church body um, until, like, there's significant repentance, and repentance is like a one hundred and eighty, a turning from wrong. And a lot of times, these people, especially when we're talking about sexual abuse, um, but it could be anything, but they don't, it's not one. It's usually not told at the first person, it happens multiple times, or if the first person speaks out, which oftentimes victims don't, um, I there's a very, it's no one's fault that they're a victim um, of anything because we're all um, faulty humans. But I think... The people who are most preyed upon are the ones who will be more silent. Like there's just some innate knowing, I think, within an abuser that if I do this to this person, this person will be quieted because they don't want to rock the boat or some shame. I don't know. Shame is a big thing for me that I push against, but I am also a person who like my response to feeling shame is to speak out to it so i don't know because i haven't been a victim of sexual abuse um i don't know what what actually the people who go through this experience or if there's a common tie but i just know that most often abusers are able to groom or just choose someone who will be silent and so if someone does speak out though I feel like the church's response is most often you should forgive. This person should give you an apology. You should accept the apology. And then la-di-da. It's like, right. we're not doing anything. We're not putting any safeguards in place. Um, or I don't think that they're light enough. I don't think that people are, who are abusers are mentored or held accountable like they're nothing it's just kind of like oh well he apologized now you should forgive and oh just let go of all your bitterness and if you bring this up again because that's a part of healing is like rehashing the story and making sure you know and warning others. To- I think it's important to if you're a woman who's gone through this to like to share your story so other women can be aware if something like that happens to them and they can speak out and like before someone fully does something you know, leadership, um, or even that person could understand within themselves and like be really crystal clear. And then before something becomes bad, like if we share stories and become aware of like microaggressions, then it won't become like full on, um, abuse. Like we can maybe correct some of this. I don't know. Um, but I'm just, and I'm not putting blame on anyone when I say that if you were abused, it is not your fault. Um, but if you were abused, I think you should be able to share your story as a way of empowering other women. Um, and just maybe bring, not even empowering, just bringing awareness. And I feel like, um, when people do that in response to abuse, um, specifically within Christianity, but I think culturally in the U S and quite possibly worldwide, um, labeled as bitter, nothing better to do, can't move on. And it's just like one small part of our lives. Sometimes depending on the abuse, it can like have massive impact and it could take years to heal from. Um, But even if it's smaller, um, in whatever process that looks like, you should be able to talk about it and you shouldn't need to have this label and as you can change it, talk about it. And if you're a Christian and get to this place of forgiveness, it's going to change how you talk about it. Okay. Um, but all phases of that are valid and like learning. I feel like. Exactly. And it's uh-huh. just like shut down. Like, yeah. don't say anything about that. We don't want to hurt that person's yes. um, reputation.
1: Yeah, I yep. yep. I totally understand where you're coming from with this. My grandparents, um, experienced a situation similar to this from their old church with their pastor there and um yeah it was very much like that like we don't bring the situation up you you know you're the you're the ones in the wrong because you're still thinking about this situation whatever um yeah so now I'm starting to connect some pieces in my own life um but as I was sitting here listening to you I thought of the Duggar family you know the Duggar family from TLC
0: um I don't have cable so
1: I know who they are have you heard of like the the craziness surrounding the Duggar family lately
0: um not lately I know that there's a lot of children and I know that they're very like Christian-y and obviously it's reality tv um and I know that I think some of my understanding from like just social media is that some of the children have been like speaking out.
1: So yes. some So some of the children have been speaking out. Um, but I believe the oldest son, um, when he was younger and now he's been in and out of, um, jail, um, he was sexually assaulting his sisters and, I believe they use, they use that same playing card that you just talked about. Like we have to forgive, you know, forgiveness. And actually these girls went through major trauma and um, it's your brother. You have to forgive him, you know, Uh, so the the whole time you were, you were talking about that and sharing that, that was exactly what I was thinking about because these poor girls, you know, I can't fathom. Um, there, you can't tell me that there's no trauma there because you've, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean that's really interesting. I feel like it's similar. That's why I feel like it's a Christianity culture thing, but I do think it's, I think it's worse than Christianity, but I think it's also cultural. Like yes. as humans, like we're just gonna, yes, a, yes. It's, it's not okay because. Someone's not bitter for um, for sharing things that other people, I think, should be aware of and um, alert to. I think it it really bothers me when people are like, we don't want to ruin that person's reputation.
1: I'm right. not going That's out... That's where they were going, like, they didn't want to ruin his reputation, but he literally you know there's such that disconnect
0: mm-hmm. yeah I'm not going out wishing to ruin my mother's reputation um I think that could be like misconstrued and it can be misconstrued that I have nothing better to do with my life or that um oh my gosh she's so focused on this like whatever people want to say
1: have you been have within the last two three weeks have people been kind of coming at you with that not
0: yet not yet (laughs) hopefully never but um I'm just like speaking from like past um but there's this like you would tell someone if um, there was danger in pretty much any situation. If you knew of danger, right? You would, except for like when it's another human. It's like, you don't tell people that another person could be potentially dangerous. And Why? You don't want to be seen as someone who's gossiping or whatever. It, right. I. It's very weird I, because I don't feel like it's the same thing. I think caution should be given if someone has shown repeated, patterns of behavior um
1: you know, and I feel like there's a fine line between sharing your personal experiences and talking negatively over somebody mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like people often get that confused like mm-hmm. I this entire process these last few podcasts I don't see you as talking negatively of your mom. I see you as sharing your story of what you've gone through with your mother, Mm. you know?
0: Yeah, Um, that's where I'm at and I would hope it comes across as that. Um, But other people may not see it that way and it may be used that I'm speaking negatively of her and I wouldn't want to ruin her life um, as a form of, trying to silence me uh, and also i think not even in christianity but when people talk about karma you know i think there's this like elusive maybe elusive isn't the right word but it's it's out there it's like this fringe idea like don't even worry about what happened to you in the past like just let it go karma will take care of them Right. Like this is this is like I've seen like whether it's like inspirational quotes on the internet or whatever that do that, or if it's like um you know, people just thinking, well, you just live in your most positive world and let karma take care of that. And this is true also in Christianity when we um and this does give me comfort that in the end God gives me comfort and it worries me because we're all sinful humans, in the end, God will um, hold us accountable for what Absolutely. we've done. Absolutely. And so, <laughs> yes, that means my mother's going to be held accountable. It also means I'm going to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Don't love that. Don't mm-hmm. love that for me. Exactly. <laughs> I think this
1: game is going to be held accountable. Yes.
0: So, I mean, there is this idea of that, but there's this idea that if you speak, um, out about something negative that happened, that you're messing with the karma, and that you're going to give yourself more bad karma. And it would just be better if you said nothing.
1: Yeah, it'd be just better. better. That's how I. That's how I view things for sure. Uh, if I speak out about this, if I say something, then God's going to be mad at me. <laughs> that sounds so. That sounds so silly. Or the world's going to be mad at me, and then I'm going to get bad luck. And it, I, it's because I, spe- I, I spoke out about this thing. Yeah.
0: So it's like, yeah, it's this idea that it's not just in Christianity, but like, I th- feel like it's everywhere that if you say anything about it, that you're messing with it. Like you're trying to bring justice into your own hands. Yes, right. yes, yes. Um, so, and I think with... I want to like push against that idea because I think that that can be a harmful way of keeping silent. But I also do want to say that there is some wisdom in that, in that, and I'm not saying anyone else has the right to say this, but if you personally are sharing a pain point and you feel it becoming obsessive, or Mm -hmm. if you feel like it is just like ruining Um, something, then maybe there's a little bit more healing with a therapist um, or some other alternative healing that you need to do. Um, Prayer is a good um, therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of amazing therapists um, and alternative practitioners who can help with that type of stuff. Maybe there's some healing you need to do before you can talk about it in a way um, that does not like destroy your soul because sometimes when we, and I've felt this, um, and in caution and in pacing of telling my story here, ideally as well, but I felt this like in years prior, um, like telling my story would just be so painful. And I feel like it's there if there's unhealed things which of course wounds like I think I'll always have like in a sense a scar in my heart Mm -hmm. from what I went through um but if it's like bleeding and it's leaking all over like that's the image I guess I'm going to try to create like if it's if you talking about it is, is agitating the wound and you feel yourself like becoming very vulnerable. Um I don't remember if I shared this or not. Um but when I was in college, um my mom threatened um to not let me able to be able to continue with college to hold withhold uh, financial aid um because she said that I was goofing off and we can get into like the specifics mm-hmm. of it later on. But what yeah. basically happened is this the I was going to a therapist um, to get through that. And so I'd be able to continue to go to college and kind of like deal with that. And then once, once I got like parent social security numbers and I was approved for the next semester, and then I went to see the therapist again, um, and then I started having these, um, and I wonder if it could almost be considered like, like what you said with pure OCD. Like I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but like they were obtrusive thoughts yeah. um, that existed within my brain. That like my girlfriends hated me. No one wanted to be friends with me. And yeah, because I have those. Like, and I was I experiencing. I was experiencing those, and I believe that I was experiencing those because I was going through therapy. Um, And he wanted to talk about my mom and it was so fresh and so raw that it was giving me really low self-esteem. And so I went back to him and I said, look, we can talk about, I have depression. I'd like to talk about other things, but I can't talk about this. I need to like, he's like, well, you can't. And I was like, I'd like to put her in a box and I'd like to throw her in the back of my brain. I'm just going to. I I can't deal with this, I said, because I need to be coping. Like maybe it's coping, it's not healed, but I just need to be functioning to get through this and this is gonna sabotage me. And when I told him that, he said, well, we can't have any, like there's nothing more I can do for you. Which I don't think is true. Um, I don't think you have to, I think there's other ways you can go at it as you're healing because sometimes, at least for me, I needed the certainty of like doing things in my own world to kind of build a new me that I feel like is a little bit more capable of dealing with my childhood trauma. Right. And I feel like just digging in there would have been really unhealthy. It was like I was scratching at my scar and it was just bleeding everywhere internally. Yep. And (laughs) where was I going with this? Um, I guess that's where I want to say I don't believe karma or the idea that God will handle everything in the end should be used as a form to silence a person. But if you know that you are hurting yourself by speaking about your trauma, it's okay to not speak about it right now. If it's too fresh, if it's too raw. But I don't think it should ever be all well. Yeah, that's hard to, hard to explain, but I think that's where the idea comes from that, um, just leave it in the past because you're hurting yourself more than you're hurting them. Um, I think if you're actually telling from like a more healed place, um, like your intention is not to hurt. Your intention is to educate others, um, share a story, share a valid life experience. Um, and whatever happens, happens to the other person. Like ultimately, if you have no contact with your abuser, like me, myself, I don't care what happens. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I exactly. I love that word. I love that you ended kind of with that. Um, so we're going to make this, I guess, short and sweet and, um, we're definitely going to dive in deeper, um for our next podcast, but we appreciate you all for, um, sticking with us and for listening and, um, Priscilla, thank you again for being brave and for sharing your story and for educating not only myself, but for all of our listeners, um, on this topic, that's extremely hard to talk about. So, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. And we just hope you all have a wonderful day, night, evening, wherever it is you are. We hope it is great. Did this resonate with you? Subscribe to our podcast today.
0: Talk Talk soon. soon. So your
1: host next week? Heck yeah. Can't wait.